Welcome to the Intentional Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson, Jesus freak, mom blessed by adoption, wife, wonderluster, and your intentional living and biblical mindset coach. If you're here, you're likely a busy woman wearing multiple hats, the most important of which being child of God and mom simultaneously. You have a desire to live more intentionally, striving to be a good steward of all the gifts that God has given you, and you want more productively peaceful days. Well, you're in the right place, sister, because that is exactly what we do here. First, building on a foundation of faith with purposeful priorities while mastering our mindset and implementing simple self-care. So mama, grab your coffee or strap your kiddos in the car seat And let's jump into today's episode. Hello, sisters, and welcome back to another episode of the Intentional Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson, and today we are back with another guest, Marin Lauka. She is a decision coach and speaker with a master's degree in positive developmental psychology and certifications in life coaching and yoga. She is the business owner of Yes and where she passionately supports women to clarify what they want in life and strengthen self-trust so they can make more confident, expansive decisions. She is also the number one new release author of Ready Enough, your seven-step guide for life's hardest decisions. And you are actually able to read chapter one on her website, which we will drop information about in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Marin. Um, do you want to add any more introduction to that? Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's always a, a treat to hear your bio read back to you. <laughs> yes. And I guess uh, let's add some humanness in that too, beyond the resume. So I'm sitting in Minnesota. I have been here for much of my adult life, though we took a trip to Montana for a year last year, which was gorgeous to spend some time in the mountains. So I'm definitely a mountain girl. Um, and, and just to that bio is nice and clean and sounds like I have it all figured out, but it's definitely been a windy path. Like I've, I've experienced for many entrepreneurs. Um, so that's just to know, to give, give that context that it's not that I had this all figured out from day one, <laughs> but right. I am very happy where things have landed and, um, yeah, it feels really good to, to stand firm in this decision arena. It's been really empowering for myself and my clients. So that's, I'm glad I'm here. I love that. Um, so I'm originally from the Midwest, from Michigan, mm-hmm. um, but Alaska girl through and through. I've been here more than half my life now, um, but the Midwest does certainly have a special place in my heart for sure. Upper um, Michigan or lower Michigan? Lower. Lower. Yeah. Okay. I'm a troll. I have a lot of family in Upper Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so I love that you talk about like making confident, expansive decisions, like So as an intentional living coach, right? I think it's very similar. Like I'm all about, let's be intentional with our purposes and our priorities and actually pursue something. But in order to do so, you have to be decisive. You have to make decisions and they have to be like really wise yeses and discerning no's. And so like, how does that correlate in, in your business and your coaching and your life in terms of like having these confident decisions? Yeah, I think something maybe all of us assume when we hear confident decisions 
And it's something I, I see come up and still comes up in my group coaching calls and one-on-one all the time is this belief that decisions have to be permanent. And I think that's oftentimes one of the reasons we don't make decisions is because it's so overwhelming. There's so much pressure if we think this is going to be the only one. And that shows up with big things like choosing a career, but also I've heard clients talk about it with like, I I just couldn't order a couch because I thought this was going to be the only couch I was ever going to own in my living room. And I wasn't sure that that was going to be the style that I wanted forever. It paralyzes us um, from making a confident decision because it feels like it's a forever decision. And so to your point of helping people to make these decisions, it's plural decisions over time. And that's why the seventh step in my framework to give that away is to begin again. It's to go through the process again and again and again, because part of making confident decisions is just flexing that muscle of making a decision, moving forward with it, learning, and then potentially redeciding and slightly shifting our direction or continuing forward, depending on the other side, but we won't know the other side until we make a decision and follow through with it. Yes. I'm like, yes. And amen. I completely (laughs) agree with that. Like there are so many decisions that I've made that have had like pivots and shifts. And I think it's really important that, you know, sometimes we make a decision and we think if it doesn't work out, we've got to like burn the whole thing down, Mm. you know, and start over. But, um, but I've made a lot of decisions in my life. That's like, oh, actually we're just going to take, you know, one step to the left and then keep going. Um, it's funny though. Maybe, maybe you've learned about the psychology behind this, but I'm the kind of person and I never thought about it till we were having this discussion, of course, but I'm the kind of person, any big life decisions, like adopting and buying a house or like, you know, going on a trip somewhere last minute, like big decisions are not a, a concern of mine. Like I can make these big life decisions and just like have faith and trust and see what's going to happen. And whether it's good or it's bad, it's, it's always a maybe for me. Um, but looking at a dinner menu and deciding what I'm going to order for dinner at the restaurant, like I'm gonna have to commit to that. What if I don't like it? What if it's not really the flavor I wanted this evening, mm-hmm. you know? And so I love places that are like tapas restaurants that where they have just like, you know, you can order four or five things and it's just like a little kind of sample of everything. Like that is my favorite because it eliminates that need for making a, a food decision. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it comes up for me when you're saying that. And again, this is so common with my clients um, and myself when I reflect on my own decision-making process, I think one thing I see is the need or the desire for control and certainty and with big decisions, I think sometimes there's just this acceptance that we don't have control and certainty. And so maybe it's easier to step into that place of faith and trust because what other choice do we have, right? Like we don't know how this adoption is going to go or how this home ownership journey is going to be because it's just almost too big to comprehend. But a dinner menu, there is this perceived sense of control. Like if I think about it enough, I think I would pick the perfect dish that would make me happiest and fill my belly. And then we can take a step back from that and say, okay, is it, you know, even just identifying, I think I'm reaching for control and certainty here. That's it. That's a big step just to identify. And also to say, is that true? Like, do I actually have control and certainty in this situation? Because more often than not, in my experience, there is hardly ever control and certainty. Sometimes perceived control and certainty has its place to like help us <laughs> not go into fight or flight all the time. Um, but just to be like, you know what? I don't have control over it. Even the dinner that comes out, it could be made in a totally different way. And so let's just take my best guess, make a decision and move on. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, even the cook could be off that day. And something that I've, I've loved five times before when I went there might be, you know, and so it is, exactly. that's very powerful. So thank you for bringing that up about control and certainty. And like, is it really, do we like, what am I reaching for here? And what is the truth in this super powerful questions to be asking in those situations. <laughs> and I just love that. And it makes me think of like all kinds of decisions and in motherhood and just life and living and how we're engaging and relating to other human beings. And so I can think about it in a very, <laughs> using one of your words in a very expansive way, mm-hmm. um, in terms of what does this mean in, in terms of control and certainty? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I know we had talked about before jumping on today is I think, I think somewhat related to this in terms of like, to me, it's related to our life purposes, almost like, what are we doing? What are we pursuing? Like, what is our purpose? And, and we were talking about some of the things that you're excited about, um, or or you're feeling called to that. You're really like, they're your greatest joys could truly be where your area of greatest impact is too. So Maren, do you want to touch base on that and kind of what you had brought up, what you're seeing, um, amongst people that you work with? Yes. Yeah. I've both personally and professionally have seen, and I feel like I'm continually unlocking layers of this and definitely bringing it into conversations because I by no means think I have the answer to this question, but I think it's an important question to ask nonetheless. And so I'm excited to dive into this. Um, What I've been seeing is and feeling is I've termed it privilege guilt, but I think we can take it in a few different directions. But this question, especially from individuals who quote unquote, have it all. They have the, for sure, the basics, um, but potentially like all the boxes are checked, the relationship, the house, the job, the money, the, the basics and more are there. And then this pressure and this almost lack of permission to do things that bring them joy. Again, I associate it with guilt is what I see it, what I've been seeing it, um, associated with, but a a lot of emotions and a lot of experiences can coincide with this. But I find it very fascinating, very interesting, and very important to acknowledge. And what I brought up on my YouTube channel recently, I was reading Brene Brown's recent book um, that talks all about emotions. And her definition and exploration of guilt defines guilt as a catalyst for change. So unlike shame, which they're similar emotions, cousin emotions, Shame, we don't necessarily change after feeling it. We often hide and go in and, and don't do, don't do a whole lot with that emotion. Maybe it's just very uncomfortable guilt. On the other hand, when we really look at it, guilt is telling us that there's something here to shift. And so bringing this all together in this conversation, noticing my clients and myself, if we're feeling guilty for pursuing joy. Let's just hone in on that aspect of it, pursuing what lights us up, what brings us joy. And some words associated with that could be, well, it's selfish or who am I to do this? I'm seeing needs in my community and and shouldn't I be, you know, putting all of my resources or all of my finances or all of my energy into that type of service. But actually that's building resentment behind the scenes and depleting my cup. Um, and so, and so these feelings arise look at it or the invitation is to look at it when 
if you feel supported to do so and say, okay, if this is a guilt feeling that I'm feeling, what is it that I want or I'm wanting, or I'm being prompted to shift again, that catalyst for change. And when I did this exercise personally, I was very surprised to find the shift was to actually step more into my joy and more into my interests and my passions. And that is the biggest way that I can serve the community and the needs that I'm seeing. And by no means am I saying I have it all figured out and I never have to check in with that again, but it's giving myself permission to not hide until I have some huge world's peace issue figured out in my own office, in my own room. It's to say, use what's bringing you joy and trust that that is leading you toward your greatest impact. And I've been guiding my clients to do the same um, when this comes up for them to ask, you know, is it first, is it guilt that's, that's being felt or what is the fear? What are the, I call them gremlins in the coaching space. What are the gremlins that are here? Let's look at them. Let's befriend them a little bit and hear what they have to say and potentially be really surprised that it's not, it's not telling you to go, you know, sell all your things and serve in this way that you think should happen, but rather continuing to follow your joy and, and see that, see the signs and the data on the other side, check in, but Oftentimes that is, does cause for the greatest service and the greatest um, alignment with the values that they're wanting to enact anyway. Yeah, I, I agree so much with this and I was sharing with you before we actually hit record. This was a conversation I just had on a couple of days ago (laughs) and it's something that's been coming up a lot for me. And I think the best way to, to share is to share like a personal story. And so I have my business intentional abundance co where, um, I'm a coach. I have a planner, like similar business structure to yours. Um, I have online courses and things like that, a podcast. And then I also have an Airbnb business that my husband and I have been running for the last four and a half years. And I will have somebody book my Airbnb downstairs, and it will require me to take 30 minutes to an hour to go down there, um, change the sheets, the towels, vacuum, wipe everything down and make it a space that can earn anywhere between, you know, two and $700 for a couple of nights to a week, just by me going down there and doing that up to an hour of work. But my passion isn't in that anymore. I'm so tired of cleaning the exact same space in the exact same way for the last four and a half years that I'm just burnt out on it. It does not bring me joy. It is not a space of of happiness and um, it doesn't light me up. It it dims my flame, truly. Mm -hmm. But in my business, um, I have a coaching special going on right now where I will coach clients for like 12 weeks, 12 hours of my time for what I could make almost in just going down there and and cleaning the Airbnb. Obviously it's, it's different, right? I've got the space, the equity, you know, in the home to be able to do that, but I will coach clients for 12 weeks for almost that same income window. And in addition to that, I will spend hours every week on my podcast creating content for social media, engaging with potential clients, adding value to my community and so many other things, 12 hours a day and, and virtually make no money in the process of doing that because it doesn't light me like, because this lights me up. It brings me joy. Like it is my area where I feel great. 
in pursuing that, but the Airbnb isn't that. And so that's my like personal story and, and truly how much your passion matters because the effort that you put in is completely different in the two scenarios as well. Your drive and desire to get up and go pursue that and like wake up in the morning to do these things and serve these customers in this way. And I'm not saying I don't clean the Airbnb like to the highest standards, but it's just not, I'm not a space that brings me joy. And I truly believe that the things we're most excited about and the things that do light us up and bring us joy are really great indicators, not the only indicators, right. Of, of our calling and, and our greater purposes and how we are built, um, to serve those around us, whether it's in our families, in our greater communities to serve our clients, they're great indicators. And this is how we do it. I think a lot of times like our struggles and, um, the things that we've overcome in life, the things that we've walked through a lot of our natural giftings come into play with a lot of that too, which you had talked about, but it's a space where we get to live in joy and abundance. And we get to share that joy and abundance with others. And so I see it in a way of like, I'm living in my gifts and strengths so that others are able to live in their gifts and strengths as well. So when you had brought up this topic, I'm like, yes, I feel like you have so much value to add into this space that has already been on my heart to discuss and bring up and share. So that's my take on it. Yeah. (laughs) A few things standing out. And of course you take this where, where it feels good and comfortable to take it. Um, cause maybe a few like pokes for all of us (laughs) to poke ourselves, um, where to start. I think one is what I noticed, and this is something and a coaching tool, and I'm sure you use this with your clients too. Um, but for all of us can self-coach a little bit here mm-hmm. is when I heard you talking about the Airbnb business, I noticed that whole introduction was very much that justified language of like, it only takes this amount of time. It's very little effort. We already have the space. It makes this much money. There's all this justification for why to do that. And to notice ourselves again, self-coaching where are we justifying, right? Whether it's in a relationship, whether it's in a job, whether it's in, um, like I just had a client where talking about a, a friendship relationship and saying, well, you know, it's, it's not that it, it's harming me and it, you know, that they're good people. And there's all this justification and to notice oftentimes when we're doing that, we're trying to even out the scale of like something is off, but we're trying to justify it. So it get, comes back to, mm. <laughs> comes back, back to zero. And do we want to do that? Do we want to add in all these justifications? And sometimes, sometimes that is really helpful. Like I think of when, um, when we're in a time where we really do need extra money or extra, whatever it is, friendships or something resources that we might help ourselves justify to be in a space that isn't fully awesome and content. Um, and also to notice when we are justifying if there is the option to change things up a little bit to say, oh, hold on, why am I spending like a half hour justifying this to myself or to others instead of just owning it? And there's probably a difference there. Um, the other thing that stood out to me, and this is along the same lines as, as why this has been coming up for me so strongly, this topic is how you explained the difference in the amount of money specifically from Airbnb versus coaching. And I recently had a powerful coaching call with an individual who calls herself a profit coach. And we had just like an hour and a half together. And I quadrupled my prices after getting off the phone with her. Wow. And it feels so right. It feels so aligned. And 
immediately after raising my prices, someone signed on who had been on the fence forever and was so excited to do so. And for me, it was this great reassurance. Like you're talking about when we show up as joyful and, and sharing our gifts and being aligned and feeling good about what we're doing in all sense of the words, right? The value exchange and everything others feel better as well. And others can sense when we're depleting ourselves, whether it's of money or of energy or joy or whatever the thing is. Um, and so also just to notice, like what I heard you saying is that you enjoy it so much that it's like, it is feeling good. That energy exchange is feeling good. And just to bring into the conversation and here's the poke is if any of us are saying, well, I enjoy it and I'm happy to be here, that language. And I am forgetting the book, but someone does write about, it was a news anchor. Um, and she wrote about her experience being very much underpaid compared to her male counterparts. And she talks a lot about showing up and saying, I'm just happy to be here. And because of that, taking so much less than she deserved in terms of monetary worth and probably other, <laughs> other value as well. Uh, and so to, just to check ourselves, especially for women to check ourselves and say, am I am I in the happy to be here state, maybe a little bit more than I want to be. And how, how would it look if I showed up and said, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm really skilled at this. I'm really passionate about it. And I'm going to ask my worth that feels good as well to have total alignment. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that because it's, it's something that's been on my mind recently that I'm like, I truly enjoy doing this so much. I could lower my prices just to be able to do it more. And then I was like, no, for that's taking away from my family. That's taking away from my, like my personal development, my self time, like my time in the word with the Lord. And so truly it's not worth my time to lower my prices, even though it is a, a, I'm happy to be here place. There are a lot of other places that I'm very happy to be as well. And so making sure that I'm managing and taking into consideration all of those things when I'm looking at my pricing, I don't know if that's something a lot of my listeners, maybe, I mean, maybe I have listeners who do have their own businesses. I'm not sure. Um, I'm, I'm wondering where y'all are at really, <laughs> because I have a significant amount of listeners, um, but they're not talking back. They're not like engaging back. So I don't even know who's out there, like foreign countries. And, you know, I like to think that they're all my friends here in my neighborhood that I meet regularly <laughs> with, but they're not. Um, so I'm hoping that this is a conversation that's benefiting. I mean, I know the conversation is benefiting you all, but in terms of like, like you're saying the value exchange and quadrupling your prices, like, I do think it's really important when we are looking at those, um, you know, putting prices on our time, our time is worth a lot. Mm -hmm. I truly believe it is our most valuable asset. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will budget their money, but don't want to budget their time. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a huge area that I love to, to focus on and helping people keep their time accounted for in a way that produces the fruits and the results that they're looking for in life and that they're pursuing in life and making sure their priorities are in order. So I don't know if you had anything to say in terms of that, but I'm just like, this is like where the conversation has gone. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up, like, are there business owners? I'm sure there are listening, listening to this, but also just to expand it beyond the business conversation or the business side of it. This isn't just about money. Even this is about what 
this is about owning your worth, your worth in your time, your worth in your value. And again, sometimes that shows up monetarily. Sometimes that shows up as drawing boundaries with family members. Sometimes that shows up with, um, volunteering the amount that you said you would volunteer and no more right back Mm -hmm. to boundaries Mm -hmm. of saying, you know what? And like you were saying, we, we all have holistic lives. We have these certain pockets of life that sometimes feel like they start to consume everything, but it's not everything. And to remember that about ourselves, to remember that with everyone that we're interacting with and to dare to own and be confident in standing for what you know is best for you and seeing and testing, being in that experimentation feel of, and is what's best for me also best for everyone else. What if that was true? What would that look like? Um, and, and sometimes it can be scary to draw those boundaries at first and do that little test. So start small, start in somewhere that doesn't feel like a super high stakes area in your life. So you don't freak yourself out, um, but try it out and just see. And again, it doesn't have to be quadrupling your prices and you don't have to be a business owner to do this, but to have a conversation with your spouse or with someone to say, all right, this is I want an hour of time to just sit on YouTube, but that's really what I need this week. And what would it look like to own that and to, to claim that for yourself? Mm -hmm. I love that. And then, and then keeping the boundary firm, you know, Mm -hmm. allowing yourself that hour, but making Mm -hmm. sure it's just an hour and not three. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that you said it goes back to the beginning of this conversation, what you're talking about in decision-making and not being permanent, being in that seeing and testing phase and allowing that to pivot, allowing that decision to change. Well, yes, I did make this decision. And now I'm making this other decision because this is what I've learned in the seeing and testing phase. And you had mentioned best for me and everyone else. And I love that you, you have the yes. And like, yes, it can be best for me and for everyone else. And that's a huge just statement in and of itself, because I see so many moms that it's almost like this privilege guilt, like you're saying and the justification, but I get to be a stay at home mom. And, but my family's the most important to me and like justifying why they're taking their joys and their passions and their hobbies and their self-care and so many things that are truly helping them be them best, their best selves and pushing them aside for the sake of their families or service of others. When in reality, making the time and, and allowing the space and being okay with that decision of, yeah, I'm going to take some time to take care of me today. And whether that's reading God's word or taking a bubble bath or spending an hour on YouTube that day, like those things are allowed and they are good for us because they're allowing us to show up as our best selves for us and the best for others. And so I love that you brought that up because I think a lot of people have to separate those. It's either best for me or it's best for somebody else, but it can be the best for both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two things I'd love to pull out of that. One is I did recently on Instagram and, and for me challenge that kind of came out of thin air for me. (laughs) Um, but one day I was like, you know what, for the next 30 days, I'm going to do one thing for me. And I added the, and at the beginning of that, and for me, um, one, because it was on brand. (laughs) Yes. And, and also because it's this reminder and it was, it communicated really well. The point I was trying to get across for me and for my clients of you're not neglecting everyone around you. That is not the point it's saying. And also for me, I'm going to do something in addition to what I'm doing for everyone around me in my community. And that challenge really changed my life, (laughs) which feels silly because really what it entailed was 
pouring myself a cup of tea and just savoring it a little bit more or buying a shirt that I had had in a shopping cart from like a year ago mm-hmm. or walking outside and just enjoying the sunshine in the middle of the day when I usually wouldn't these little tiny things, mm-hmm. but because I prioritized and let myself do something that just, I wanted to do, and there was no other reason for doing it really helped me to see it made me feel better, made me show up better. I'm a better coach. I'm a better business owner. I'm a better partner. And, and it benefited the whole picture. Um, and the experiment and this like 30 day challenge, I think a lot of us put ourselves, maybe, <laughs> maybe the people who listen to this podcast, put themselves into like 30 day experiments. I think that goes back to the second part. I really wanted to highlight from what you shared, which is make a decision. This rewinds a little bit, but make it a decision and stay with it. One step in my decision-making framework is to trust the ride that comes directly Mm. after you take action. And that step is a huge step (laughs) because so often, especially if it seems like a scary decision, or even like, let's take this and for me challenge. If you devoted time to do something just for you. And like you said, maybe drew a boundary, but then retracted it. We, we do that. We retract back to what's comfortable and safe mm-hmm. and normal. Mm-hmm. And instead, part of this process to really make a decision is to follow through with it. And that doesn't mean follow through with it forever, but to say, you know what? I dedicated this half hour to take a bath at the end of the day. I'm following through with this, even though at the moment I'm having doubts, I'm just going to trust that earlier today, it felt right for some reason. And then on the other side, have the reflection of, okay, Now that we followed through with it, we've made the decision, we've enacted it and trusted it. How did that feel? And do I want to repeat that type of decision again or make a new one next time? But we really don't have that type of data unless we follow through and trust and sit in a moment uh, before, before either changing the decision or maybe we stay with that same decision. Yeah, that's super powerful. I love that you had talked about, you know, in, in making a decision, it involves follow through. Um, I remember I made a post a while ago and I cannot like give you the full picture of it. I was just actually looking to see if I could find <laughs> quickly the graphic that I had made for it. Um, but in, in and of itself, the word decide, um, it involves making a decision and it involves like killing off something old. Um, and so to decide we are having to to get rid of something old or to start mm-hmm. something new. And, and a lot of times it's both. It's like a replacement of actions or behaviors or, or thought processes or whatever. Like we have to decide and follow through. And I love that you talked about a process of your decision-making framework is to just trust the ride because mm-hmm. that's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. We're going to lo- learn and grow so much on that journey. And I feel like a lot of times throughout life, it, it really is the journey more so than the destination that grows us and forms us and molds us into who we are and kind of who we're meant to be along that process. And so absolutely beautiful. And, and I know for myself, a lot of times when I do, like you're saying, jump into this 30 day challenge, for example, trusting the ride is huge because a lot of times for myself. And I think a lot of my listeners, like when we make a step forward, deciding to do something, especially when it's like bigger than us, when it's kingdom minded, when we're talking about stepping into doing something that the Lord is calling us into a lot of times, spiritual warfare can come into play there. And we're like, whoa, what's happening when really it's like, 
this is just part of the journey and you have to trust it and like, hold on to what the decision that you made and stick to it for a certain amount of time, just like making a budget or whatever else. Like it takes sometimes three months, six months, maybe even more for this decision to come full circle and big picture. And so trusting the ride is just so huge. And I love that that's part of your seven step guide. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's, it's essential. And it's also, I find one of the more difficult ones because it, it doesn't require action and sometimes action, Mm. um, creates a sense of comfort back to, I think, linking back to that sense of control and certainty. I think we, and just our society is a very action-based, at least in Western culture, a very action-based world. And so, it's a little uncomfortable sometimes to just sit in a space of I've made the decision, I've taken action, or I've committed to this thing. Now it's time to just sit here and, you know, do, do the thing that I said I would do and nothing else for me to do except that. Um, and then see on the other side, and it's not to say we just blindly trust forevermore. Again, I think we've reiterated that enough in today's podcast, but it's not to say that we just trust forever, but it is to say, did we give this a good shot, a good chunk of time to settle in, to feel out before doing the reflection and then the potential shift? Yeah. And I think it is, I'm glad that you brought that, the, the reflection and, mm-hmm. um, because it is so important to take that time, to give it the time to trust the ride, but then also take the time to evaluate mm-hmm. and say, is this really working? What, what is working and what isn't working? Cause a lot of times it's not, is it working or is it not? It's what in mm-hmm. it is and what is it, what in it is not working and how can we pull parts from this experience, like what worked and what didn't, and, and then pivot from there instead of just burning the whole thing down. Like, mm-hmm. like we had mm-hmm. talked about in the beginning. So very, very cool. This was a definitely a value adding conversation, a powerful conversation. I'm so glad that we had it and we're going to be sharing it with the listeners here on the intentional abundant life podcast. Marin, if people wanted to connect with you to find your book, to learn more about what it is that you do follow you on Instagram, get into these 30 day challenges. Uh, where can we find you? Yes. I'm hanging out on social, on YouTube and Instagram these days. You can find me on both platforms. Yes. And by Marin, Y-E-S-A-N-D-B-Y-M-A-R-I-N. And all of that is also on my website. What we said at the beginning, you can get chapter one for free on my website. So that's where I recommend starting. Uh, If you're feeling extra like zealous about this work. I do host a free group coaching call every month. So that's something else you can check out all of these as baby steps to get to know a little bit more about me and my approach. Um, and I'd love to welcome you into the community. Awesome. Very cool. And I will certainly be dropping all of that into the show notes. So you guys will have easily clickable links. Um, Marin, any, we've talked about so much today, any major takeaways or parting words that you have with our guests before they go off on their day? Hmm. Yeah, something I always like to remind my clients and all of us, myself, you, is with something like a podcast, we hear so much information. Like you said, we covered a lot of ground today. So at the end of this and at the end of any time, we digest a lot of, of knowledge. Just have a breath and check in with what your takeaway is and talking to the, the listener. What is your takeaway? What's resonating with you? What's firing something up for you? And trust that that's the one thing 
that you should or want to take away from this conversation and to take everything with a grain of salt. I don't know your life. I don't know what's best for you. Um, you know, what's best for you. And so that's, that's really my whole mission at yes. And is to help people find their authentic voice. So practice it right now, find your authentic voice in that, that intuition of what today's conversation meant the most, um, for the listeners. Awesome. I love that. Giving the power back yeah. <laughs> to the yeah. individual. Well, thank you so much, Maren. I appreciated this and thank you to all of our listeners. Um, I hope you all have a very blessed day. Hey mamas, this week we wrapped up the incredibly powerful I Am Mom life-giving momference. And if you were not inside, you should probably be asking yourself why you have not yet registered and click the link in the bio to make sure you jump in ASAP. All of the videos are still up and you can watch them for completely free for the next week. And don't worry if you're not able to snag them in the next week. In the registration process, as well as in the private community, you are able to upgrade for only $7 to lifetime access to all 15 of these trainings and teachings from each of these powerful speakers. We talked about parenting, marriage, boundaries, self-awareness, what it takes to walk on water, how to live intentionally, and so, so, so much more. It is the most incredible thing I've attended recently and had the absolute pleasure of leading and working with all of these speakers on this project. So mamas, this is for you. Jump inside this free momference for you. Thank you.